So Money episode 121, Crystal Hammond. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. How are you? Hope you're enjoying your day, whether you're out for a walk, driving home from work, going to work, uh, on a run. I appreciate you spending time with us on So Money. Now, today, we're going to talk to a woman who is going to help us learn how to make extra money on the side. She is the queen of side hustles. Her name is Crystal Hammond. She's a former day trader. Uh, today, she's a real estate pro. She is a landlord of multiple properties. Properties. And she's also, by the way, an engineer with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. So she's very busy during her nine to five, but she still finds time to make room for all these side incomes. And she's going to talk about what they are, how she finds time for them, how you can also do the same. And she blogs about all of this at sophisticatedspender.com. She's also a big advocate of spending smart. She talks about the good, the bad, and the ugly as it pertains to her. She really is out there exposing herself. And that's why we love her. Lots of takeaways with Crystal. One, how she became such an expert at side hustling. How her friends helped her repair her credit score. Yes, your friends can be great financial assets. She actually started with a 580 and then moved on to what is now almost a perfect score. And why if she ever won the lottery, she tells me she would purposely go into debt. What is that all about? Here is Crystal Hammond. Crystal Hammond, welcome to So Money, my mega side hustler. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm really impressed with what you do. You know, I think that blogging is really difficult for personally, I think it is for me, it'd be really challenging to come up with like interesting material every day or consistently. There's just also a lot of other financial bloggers out there. So it's hard to kind of make your mark, but you're doing that really well. And on top of that, your expertise is really in income generation, earning as much as possible, hustling, side hustling. I love it. Um, so let's start there and we'll talk also about your blogging success, but I really want to talk also just how somebody can begin one side hustle. You have three and counting, but how do you just begin? Well, I think the the best part, like the key of a great side hustle is trying to find the, the happy medium between what you love doing and what people will pay you for. So as far as me, like um, my first start was kind of with dog sitting. I love dogs. So I defaulted into the neighborhood dog sitter. Um, it kept me happy because I had, you know, company for a little while and I got paid to walk dogs. Um, How much? Fitness. Um, like I would charge like between $40 a dog, um, not bad. A day. Yes, 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 yes. Because people like dogs are family and they don't want to leave their dogs in a kennel in a cage all day. So sometimes I would have them at my home or I'd go to their houses because we were neighbors. They already trusted me. I trusted them. So, so you started local, you were reached out to people in your radius. You weren't you know, yes. putting ads on Craigslist. Okay. No. 
Yeah, because half the time you'd be surprised. Like, um, I thought when my big brother went away to college, I thought it was weird that he didn't know any of his neighbors in his neighborhood in college. And I think we lose that, too, nowadays. Mm -hmm. So get to know your neighbors because you never know, like, how you could help them and how they can help you. And how did that extra income, like, how much were you making on a weekly basis, a monthly basis? And how is that bettering your life? Well, I post... um, Monthly on my website, I post my um, income from all side hustles, and it can be anywhere from like seven hundred fifty to a thousand dollars a month. Because um, I also teach fitness. Like I love going to the gym. I love Zumba, and it never occurred to me one day, hey, you can teach this too one day. So you get triple paid because you get a free gym membership. Right. You're healthy. And you get paid to do something that's, you know, you would do anyway. A lot of people right. go to the gym anyway. So that I think is the key. Like try you said finding something that you love to do that people are willing to pay you for, but I would add mm-hmm. another layer to that, which is that something that you are already going to do anyway. True. So whether it's working out or like, you know, like you like pets, so it's not extra work necessarily for you to watch mm-hmm. a pet if that's something that you actually enjoy doing. Or Task Rabbit, right? Where you can go on there and like do other people's grocery shopping. And if you're going exactly. to the grocery store. store Yeah. It's an extra 20 minutes to pick up their stuff. Um, but that's money in the bank. Right. Yep. Cause people love shopping. Who doesn't love shopping? So now does your advice really lean heavily more on how to earn more as opposed to how to skip the latte? Well, yeah, I love, love, like I love one of my stickers that I have. It says, I don't spend my money on crap. And it's like, you get to decide (laughs) what you want to spend your money on. Like you spend money on what you love. And if you have the extra money, go do it. So I'm all for, um, you know, doing what you love, spend on whatever you like. As long as you have the money, do it. Mm -hmm. Now, what's the end game here? Because you're side hustling a lot of different things. So you're, you're, you're blogging. You have, like you said, your fitness instructor, you have dog sat in the past. I also understand you've sold Mary Kay, you're a landlord. Where are you going to be in five years? You know, this is all great because your income is increasing, but is there a goal in mind that maybe you'd want to not be doing this forever? I mean, maybe you just want to have that one occupation. At some point, that's a, that is a good point. I luckily have a full time job also, so all of my I max out retirement accounts, things like that. Number one and first, but most of my money I would say is mostly for fun too. Like the fitness money goes into a fitness account, so whatever I need as far as that's concerned, I can spend no questions asked um, in my different funnel accounts, I'd say. And I like to travel. So a lot of the side money, the extra money is for fun and traveling. You are right. You also work as an engineer with the U S patent and trademark office. So it's not like you're just dog sitting and going to Zumba all day. This is on top (laughs) of your full-time job, which brings me to another question. It's like, how the heck do you find time? Because I think that's one of the biggest sticking points for people is that, you know, I want to make extra money. I have a really busy, important, job that takes up a lot of my time and a lot of my mental capacity too. It's not just Mm -hmm. physically being there, but I think about work all the time. I bring work home. How do I compartmentalize my life so that I can invite things like dog sitting and Zumba and, you know, whatever, running errands for neighbors and making the, uh, the money that I might want, really want to just have a better lifestyle? That's a one key word you said there was important. So you really have to find what's important to you. Because some days after work, I remember um, I used to sew also. 
So um, in my college days, I'd you know, go to school, I'd go to work um, on my feet all day at a restaurant and I would come home and sew. And it's like, how do you have energy for that? And I'm like, I love sewing. Like, how can I not have energy for it? And it's like, if you're doing something you like, you're doing something you love, it doesn't feel like work at all. Like, think about even people who love to watch TV. Do you know you can make money watching TV? They have. What? Um, Tell me about this. Viggle. Viggle is a program <laughs> where they use like the Shazam type technology. Like you use it to check into shows like it, you'll push the button and it'll listen to what you're watching. And then you get points for watching certain shows. And it's like when you're doing something you love, it really doesn't feel like work mm-hmm. and schedule. Like I have a crazy schedule. People think I'm crazy because actually um, I'm a fan of analog. So I write everything down. Like I think I was a serial schedule planner buyer at one point in time, but um, I don't confirm anything unless I tell someone, hey, I got to look on my schedule first. Be like, uh, you're a tentative yes until I get to my paper mm-hmm. schedule. So I write everything down. Like I keep a schedule and I pack it tight, just like uh, blogging. Like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that's blog day. Like um, I, you know, spend a little bit of time. When I get a block of time, then I'll devote it to whatever I've been wanting to work on and things like that. So I keep a schedule for sure. What's your dream job? Ooh, my dream job would be to travel. <laughs> you can't travel like and make money, travel. can you? That's not a job. That's a that's a leisurely activity. True. Crystal. Yeah, that is. I would say fitness. I love fitness. I love cooking. So something that would marry the two hmm. would be something with fitness. I All love right. Well, I'll check back in a year. Maybe that's something that has uh, materialized for you. Right. Who and I like to say that I planted the seed here on so money. What's your financial philosophy, Crystal? I would say um, one of my philosophies, um, it's like you want to be a millionaire, but the money's already there. You're just spending it wrong. I think we waste so much money on just stuff, food. It would be nice if we were just a little bit more picky what with um, how we spent our money, because that really those small decisions go such a long way. Mm-hmm. Like when I think about like, you know, when I was in my 20s and my teens, it's like so much money I just threw into thin air. It's like, where did that money go? Like if I had a little bit of guidance or things like that, as far as, you know, where like just thinking of the, the the choice of where before you just go out and spend. I think that's like one of my, what I try to think about. How did you come up with that? I mean, well, it's not like that's not something I've never heard of before, but I think what's more interesting is at what point did you sort of have that aha moment where you're like, this has to stop. I'm spending too much on frivolous things. What was the turning point for you? I guess one of the times I wanted to move and I didn't even have the money for uh, a security deposit. I actually ended up borrowing money from one of my friends for my security deposit. And after that, we both sat down and really like went comb through my finances with a fine tooth comb. And it's like, okay, where is my money going? Because I, um, I have the money. I should have it, but I don't. So I never really, I guess, a point of paying attention. It's like I wanted to start to make these big, quote unquote, big moves. But it's like, uh, oh, I guess I'm missing something huge here. I didn't have the money. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you felt financially vulnerable and it's not a good feeling. And to have to ask your friend for money, that's also 
not a not a good feeling. So I I, I can right. see where that was sort of the the the, the you know you cro- that was the, the last straw. What was your biggest money memory growing up, Crystal? Like I want to know now how your life transpired and how what was perhaps one significant money moment that really changed the way that you think and act with money today as an adult. Well, I would say I remember people always like we would like sit around and talk about, oh, yeah, one day if I won the lottery, I'd have this big house. I'd have a Lexus and, you know, I'd have this. I'd go here and it used to stick with me. And I'm like, why do people think they have to win the lottery in order to have all these nice things like that always, always stuck with me. And it's like one day I was like, I'm not going to need the lottery, you know, mm-hmm. to make my dreams come true, because it really like every time I hear someone say that it, my heart sinks a little because it's like even like all these contests, things like, oh, yeah, you can win a five thousand dollar New York City shopping spree. And it's like. You can go on a shopping spree if you save like a hundred dollars a week or you know a hundred dollars a paycheck in about a year or two you can have five thousand dollars and you can spend it on a New York City um, shopping spree. I think we limit ourselves, but I think that was one of the biggest things that stuck with me because people were always like, I don't know, I know we've heard it before. It's like, oh yeah, one day if I win the lottery, you know, I'd buy this big house, and it's like. You can do that. You have the power now. You just, you don't realize it. Right. It's going to take small, small sacrifices. How old were you? Ooh, just growing up in general as a teenager. And where did you grow up? The south side of Chicago. No one ever believes me when I say that. They think I grew up in, uh, they say I grew up in Bel Air or like in the south. Why would they think that? Because you like fancy things? Because Right, because I was told that too. One of my biggest blog posts was on Prada. They're like, oh yeah, I know you have a Tiffany bracelet. I know you have a Prada bag. And I was like, oh no, I don't. That stuff does not impress me at all. Hmm. Well, what would you say was your biggest financial failure? Do you blog about that? Do you talk about mistakes oh, and failures? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so what, yes. what was we your, <laughs> of course, we, <laughs> where would we be without our, without our faults? What would you say was and currently is your biggest financial failure? I would say I failed at credit for sure my first time around because, yep, when I turned 18, I couldn't wait to get a credit card, credit card, credit card. I wanted a credit card. And my mom was like, "Uh, you don't have a job. How are you going to pay for that credit card? I was like, I don't know. They gave it to me. So maybe they know something. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So, of course, I had the credit card, went away to college, and I applied for all these. I was like, wow, I get a free t-shirt and you're going to give me a credit card. Oh, cool. I get this cool little basketball and you're going to give me a credit card. So I was like, oh, yes, 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 yes. They were handing out. Yes, yes, yes. And then the bills came. And I even remember um, I was excited about having a checking account. And uh, we were in a college dorms and we had ordered pizza and we actually argued over who would pay for the pizza. I'm like, I got it. I got it. I got a checking account. So I wrote a check, $14 check for pizza. And of course it bounced. Oh no. So, oh yeah, it bounced all over town. And that was one moment where I realized, okay, what are you doing with these credit cards? What are you doing? And it's like, what did you buy? We didn't even have a TV in our dorm room back then. We didn't have cell phones back then. So it's like, where did this money go? 
So that was like one of my, like another like bottom moment when I'm like, what am I doing right now? Did you happen to check your credit score <laughs> soon Not after at, that? Oh, I bought it when I, when I, when finally, like I grew up a little bit and I was ready to buy a house. That's when I checked my credit score and it was a 580. Oh no. Yes. Oh yes. I had, I had a terrible, terrible, terrible credit score. And then what made it worse was with this 580 credit score, I bought a house and that house was zero money down. Oh, no. You know, and it was the biggest mistake of my life. I would definitely recommend it. was one that. of the biggest mistakes of our financial history in yes, the country. Yes. You weren't the only Never. one. Yes. Uh, so then what turned things around? What's your score today? It's seven ninety. Oh Big, my goodness! Huge, huge difference. Yes, what, I love Credit Karma. I check it all the time. What uh, What changed things around for you? I mean, did you just started paying your bills on time. You What did you do? Well, yes. Going back to what I said before, like um, Michelle Singletary, she works for the Washington Post. She made a really good uh, article a while ago, and it was, "Are your friends good for your credit score?" So I recruited my friends who were good with money. I just started having conversations to them, you know, with them about, "Okay, what are you doing? How are you, you know, what? How's your credit so good?" And so then we went through my credit report, you know. And we got things off that were, you know, past the statute of limitations. Um, we paid off um, things that I could pay for. So, you know, I started, I prioritized everything. I'm like, all right, let's clean this up. So I started saving and then I started paying things off, you know, one at a time, slowly but surely. And I learned to just, I'm never doing this again. Never, never, never dig into another hole. And how has now having better credit helped you? in your financial life? You're a landlord. Has that helped you get better interest rates on loans? How, how has it worked out? Oh, yes. It makes a big difference because even that even goes back to my first car. When I bought my first car, I had terrible credit. So I went to one of those buy here, pay here, totally shady places. And um, when he brought the car out, we didn't even negotiate anything because I felt I was in such a bad credit situation. I'm like, all right, I'll take whatever they give me. I'll pay whatever they give me. So they brought this car out. Um, I said, yes, it was totally overpriced. I didn't even know how much a car should cost at that time. But I bought the car. My interest rate was 22 percent. What? On a car? On a car. And I paid on it. I think it was like a five year loan. Also, I paid it off early because that was my rebuilding credit phase but I remember yeah it was something like over 500 bucks a month for like a 98 Caval Chevy Cavalier oh and no I, I over I almost triple paid for that car and of course it had car problems too so but fast forward to now where I can qualify for like either zero percent or almost you know no percent down for a car um and homes because then when I bought my second home Obviously, I had a down payment, and that made a huge difference as far as interest rate because um, on that old place, the interest rate was somewhere around like seven and a half percent, and now I'm paying like two point eight five percent. Wow, huge difference. Huge okay, so difference. I would say that was a a failure that led to a lot of success. But what would you say is one outright financial success that you have experienced that you're really proud of because it's exemplary of just, you know, it's Crystal Hammond at her best. I would say, I guess I decided to downsize. Like, 
Um, because my my home before this it was like three bedroom townhouse, just me, fifteen hundred square feet. So I decided, okay, what's really important to me? You know, being in a big house. Or, you know, being out having fun. So I downsized. Now I live in a 500 square feet, square foot studio. Uh, I cut the cable and I feel so much lighter because I know um, a lot of people do. They have like, oh, they're paying for storage. Like they have all this junk, all this stuff that they think they need. They think they want and you don't need it. It's like I just feel so free right now. Now that I've let go of, I guess, stuff. Yeah. No, that's free. And I just want to say to listeners that you're in DC and I'm in, I'm in Brooklyn. So if you're hearing, um, like fire trucks and police cars go by, that's why. Uh, cause I've heard now several sirens during oh, our interview, gosh. but it's, it is, it is the art of podcasting. You can't control your environment sometimes. So, um, apologies if that's interrupting people's experience, but I like it. It kind of like makes this really raw and, and real. So, um, that is great. And that's a really great story. And I mean, I wish that I could downsize even further. I live in Brooklyn and, um, I just, uh, spring cleaned my son's closet the other day. He's 10 months and I've got like two major bags of baby clothes. And I just can't believe how someone that little can accumulate so much it stuff. Yes, yes. What is your number one financial habit, Crystal? Something that you do regularly to keep your money uh, where it needs to be. Well, I check all my accounts every day, my accounts. Um, I remember um, a while ago, I had a, a recurring charge on my account. And at first I thought, oh, that's just gas. That must be from the gas station. That must be, that must be. And finally I noticed I, I like really sat down and combed through like everything I spent like, and I was like, okay, maybe this isn't just gas. So I called the little 1-800 number and realized that it was some service that they said I'd signed up that I know I didn't. So I was able to call and get it removed. And they had to credit me for 10 months. So that was like over like $100 just gone into thin air just because I wasn't paying attention. So mm-hmm. number one, I definitely pay attention to what I spend. And I put everything on one credit card that I pay off each month because that way I'm just checking one account. Um, everything's on there. So it's easy for me to see if something's wrong because I've had lots of fraud, like to this day on my accounts, even going to the 7-Eleven right downstairs, there have been charges from Mexico. There have been all kinds of charges. And it's like, if you're not paying attention to your money, you're going to lose it. Like that's, that's a yes. fact, number one known fact. If you're not paying attention, you will lose it. So I make sure I pay attention and it's easy when it's all on one card, even for tax purposes. Um, Mm -hmm. Everything's in one place and it filters because everything has a place, even for I hate cleaning. But if I notice that if everything has a place, then you'll be fine because if something's missing, you will notice right away because it's not in its place. Exactly. Yes. For sure. For sure. Do you have any apps that you like to follow to help you? I, I actually, um, I signed up for a service called um, Bill Guard. And oh. what they do, this is not an endorsement, but they um, basically, so if you're into this, you would probably dig Bill Guard. What they do is they monitor your card activity. And I think it's free up to three cards. And so beyond that, you have to start paying a monthly 
like fee, but I don't have more than three cards and I have only hooked up like my one credit card to it. And it has alerted me, has saved me money because it's told me things like, Hey, this merchant double charged you. Cause sometimes that happens. You go and you pay for something and the transaction goes down twice because they thought that it didn't go through, but it did. And they do it again. And so I've had to call and say, Hey, you know, this is wrong. Take it off. And they do. But they catch things like that and it's really – so their their job is to really catch for errors and potential fraud and it's free. So why not? You get like an email or a text about it. It's it's great. It's called Bill Guard. Okay. That's a good idea. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about lotteries. Now, you mentioned you grew up thinking, why do I have to win the lottery to be financially fit? And you don't. <laughs> but I like to ask – I like to have you finish the sentence. This is now the part of the show where you finish sentences for me because that's, oh, cool. that's how I like to keep things light and fun. If I yeah. won the lottery tomorrow, let's say $100 million, the first thing I would do is – Ooh, um, I would actually go into debt. I would use that as leverage. Some people say they hate debt, hate debt, but think about it. You can put 20% down on a whole bunch of different properties. Um, so that's what I would do. I would definitely go into debt. I would use that as leverage to buy big, bigger things. Like I'd buy a business and I'd buy, I'd buy like a whole neighborhood. I'd buy as much property I'd say I'd spend half of that money on putting 20% down on like four or five properties in up and coming neighborhoods. You know, that's exactly what Robert Kiyosaki told me, Rich Dad, Poor Dad author, when he was on the show way back in January. Um, I think it was episode two or three, guys, if you want to, if you want to catch that. But basically, you know, he's really into leveraging and, and, and financing your financial life in order to have more and, and become and accumulate wealth. And so that's very much in, in tandem with what I think he has said. So, I think that's smart. I mean, it's a hundred million dollars. There's a lot more where that came from. Yeah, you know. (laughs) The one thing that I spend on that makes my life easier or better is. I would say a maid. Like everybody who knows me knows I I hate cleaning. Like, and I always say I have the time to clean. I just don't want to clean. Like I'd rather sit on the couch than clean. I'd rather be I'd teaching rather, Zumba. Yeah, you know, yes, than <laughs> clean. So um, I don't have a regular maid, but I have like a sporadic every now and then maid, mm-hmm. and it's. Oh, I, I just love it. It's like, let the people who like to clean, clean. If yeah. I don't like it, then let someone who likes it do it. Yep. I'm with you. <laughs> My biggest guilty pleasure that I spend a lot of money on is? Definitely happy hour. I love, oh, really? love what's your What's your cocktail du jour? Yes. Um, just regular rum and more rum and pineapple juice. But I also love it for the food too, because you get good food for good prices, like uh, McCormick and Schmitz. Like there's a lot of restaurants, uh, local restaurants, um, that have awesome specials during happy hour. And that way, you're home early. Um, you're not all out all night like 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 the party people. So I love 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 happy hour. Well, that's very um different of you to say that you like happy hour for the food. That's like saying you read Playboy for the articles. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> not that you're reading Playboy because that, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe you do. I don't know. One thing I wish I had known about money growing up is. 
Ooh, that nobody's perfect. I think we need more conversations about money because like, um, it's like as you're an adult, it's almost like a rite of passage. Be like, oh yeah, years ago we did this. Years ago we had a bankruptcy or but it's like, hey, if you would have told me that, I wouldn't have made the same mistake. So I think I really wish I would have known that nobody's like, nobody's perfect. Like if people were more honest, that's one of the reasons I started to blog too. It's like, we all need to have, it's like a lot of times we're all going to this same thing for either in the process of messing up our credit, fixing our credit, or building it and making it better. So if more people, if we were all in the same boat mm-hmm. talking about it, we would um, get better faster or avoid a lot of the mistakes. It's exactly why I do this podcast, Crystal. So yes. you are preaching to the choir. Yay. When I donate money, I like to give to blank because... Um, a lot of times I donate to a lot of the people that are uh, already in my circle. Like um, a lot of times people just simply ask on Facebook. And if I have it, I'll give it just because I know what it was like when just like when uh, I didn't have the money to get an apartment um, and my friend helped me out. It just from me reaching out. So when people reach out to me. And I think it's for something good. Like, I just don't blindly just, okay, I'm going to help you for this. It's like, it's usually for a reason. Like, teachers, I love giving to teachers. Like, they have the hardest job on this earth. Especially in D.C. Yes. And it's like, and it's it sucks because they, a lot of times, like, the kids come in with a lot of issues and you just want to fix them. It's like a natural instinct to want to, you know, buy clothes, like, buy everything for the kids that you want to help out. So, I love, love helping like the people um, that I know with their GoFundMe accounts to go mm. study abroad and yes. different things like that. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And you're really investing in them and they're going to really appreciate it. And oh man, yeah. Yeah. it's a great, great, great cause. And finally, I'm Crystal Hammond and I'm so money because... Because I'm not embarrassed. I'm not ashamed. Like, I love, love, love sharing my story um, about how I started, you know, with the 580 credit score. Now it's much better. So I think the more we share, 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 the better you get. And it's it's so it sounds counterintuitive, but it's like the more you give, the more you receive. Um, I can't stress that enough. You you do. Whenever you give, it comes back like double, triple. So I'm not afraid to share and I'm not embarrassed of all the crazy, stupid things I've ever <laughs> done. So you never know who you're helping when you share those stories. Well, and I think you've helped a lot of people so far and definitely on this show. Crystal, thank you so much. Everyone, check out SophisticatedSpender.com. Crystal, we really appreciate you and we hope you have thank a great, you. great, successful year. I hope so, too. Thanks. And same to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Crystal, her website again is sophisticatedspender.com. We've got all this info at somoneypodcast.com. There are also the transcript and comments from this episode and all previous episodes. And if you'd like to connect with me one-on-one, remember, you can leave a review on iTunes. Every Saturday, I select one new reviewer. Uh, I read the review out loud, and that person receives a free 15-minute money session with me. No joke, just you and me, 15 minutes hashing it out about money, career 
career, life, whatever. And I've been doing this for several, several weeks and I love it. It's probably one of my favorite things to do every week. So if you are into this, leave a review on iTunes. Hopefully we will connect and I thank you in advance. And also as a reminder, every weekend I answer your questions on So Money. I dedicate Saturday and Sunday to answering your questions on Ask Farnoosh and to ask me a question, hop on to somoneypodcast.com, submit a question by clicking on Ask Farnoosh and it is in my inbox within seconds. So thanks again for tuning in everyone. Thanks to my guest, Crystal Hammond. I hope your day is so money. Money.